Yes, coming in hot with episode 52 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm joined by a man who still thinks Bruno Fernandes can win the Ballon d'Or. Jobber, how are you, mate? Who says, who says he can't? You. What? Who, in football, who in football? Everyone says he can't. If he's not on the shortlist, there's something seriously wrong. Because he's going to lead. He's going to lead United to the Europa League, second place, and then Portugal to the Euros. Why can't he win the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, look what he did against um, Granada. Yeah, no, Granada. Yeah, he did, yeah. No, good. He did well. He did well. He did uh, well. You make fun of him now, but when you're looking for a holiday destination in Spain. You'll be begging them to take your Granada. Anyway, uh, no, look, it's good. How are you? Are you excited for a big week? I'm excited for a big week. Huge week, actually. So, oddly, we are pretty much touching on every competition that there is to touch on. Champions League, Europa League, Premier League, FA Cup. And as a result, we don't have any time for um, any weekly happening. So, we're just going to crack straight into the opening question. Let's do it. All right. So, look... You rattled off three or oh, four cups there, so you the UCL, Europa, EPL, and of course the FA Cup. The only one missing there was the Carabao Cup, um, which obviously is very important and a lovely drink if you get the chance to taste it. Um, so then I'm thinking this week, City have been irrepressible. Can they win the quadruple? Yes, I think I think they genuinely can. And I'm just trying to work out in my head which one is the most unlikely of those so premier league we're saying pretty much done league cup or carabao cup what who have they got and getting spurs at the moment oh you'd imagine that that's probably next in line then you'd probably go fa cup the fa cup draw against um chelsea and that's a semi and then they'll play either leicester or southampton in the final so i'll probably put that Next, and then obviously they've got a bit of work to do in the in the Champions League. So, I mean, I think it's plausible, and I think the likelihood is of it going to happen is sort of in that order. What are you thinking? Yeah, look, I, I'm at pains to say it, but I think they can because you look at the teams left in the Champions League. So you've got Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid, and City. So Real Madrid are missing Varane, missed Ramos for long periods, so they're a little bit underdone. So you. They've got to be favourites. PSG maybe, but like they've got some glaring weaknesses. Um, I think they'll. Mourinho's the um, Mourinho's the undertone there in the League Cup, and you know he can always spoil a party. If well, historically Mourinho could. And then the other one, the the pantomime villain in this scenario, if you're a City fan, is Thomas Tuchel, because um, Chelsea can spoil your FA Cup. And they can also spoil your Champions League with all the good work that Frank did earlier. Um, but Tuchel's got him. Tuchel's got him close. So hopefully Tommy Tuchel can pull something out and spoil it for him. But they definitely can do it, can't they? Yeah, they definitely do it. I don't. I just don't think people want to see that, though, do they? Like no one wants to see Manchester City win everything. Um, so for the Champions League to win the whole thing, they are outright favourites at two dollars twenty-five. Followed by PSG at four dollars, Real Madrid at four fifty, Chelsea at five dollars. Mm. It's just a, it's a real fairy tale that final four, isn't it? So we've got probably the biggest club in the world in Real Madrid, and then three clubs who are all new money. Yeah. And if people are telling you money can't buy happiness, they're they're, they're wrong. <laughs> you can get you that far in the Champions League. Like, what more is happiness? Yeah, it's a very um very oily um, semi final. <laughs> 
<laughs> fixture set, isn't it? In yeah. the Champions League, I, just I was going to put in the happenings from that time, but there was a there was a <laughs> meme on Facebook that says last time um, PSG played Man City with <laughs> Qatar versus the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So, UCL review, PSG nil, Bayern won. So, you have to explain to me how PSG lost, drew, and won this fixture. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's there to explain, mate? So they lost, aggregate. They, yeah, they, lost, they lost the game head-to-head. They drew, drew the on aggregate yeah. and then won to go through. Well, obviously lost the game, drew um, in total score and then had the away goals to go through, mate. Pretty basic. Um, but I, I appreciate that that question because if you're trying to explain that to someone outside of football circle, yes, it is rather difficult to get through about how, how that works. But there you go. But so, I mean, my prediction came true in that um, buying one, but just not enough. Um, I think the like how sharp Lewandowski was um, or is up front, I think really cost them because they still, again, they had some chances and controlled big portions of the game. Um, I think if you're looking at possession stats, um, PSG um, had had more, but uh, like if you're looking at chances, I think Bayern did well again. Just couldn't take them. Yeah, but I felt like Bayern had a lot of chances and they also like they had a lot of um not quite half chances, but like, you know, the pass before they could have created a chance, but they just missed it. Like I thought I was absolutely convinced um, throughout that, that Thomas Muller was going to score. Like the whole game, he was just looking ominous and he, he seems to have this habit of popping up when they need him, but they just couldn't get across the line. But then like the, the whole, again, the undertone there was if they had Lewandowski, I felt like they would have went through. Yeah, like they got their goal at a good time. Like I think if you're trying to turn around a, a deficit going into this um, and you get your goal in the you know first half, 39th minute, and you're 1-0 up, I think like that's when you can really get momentum and, and roll over teams. Like you see Liverpool kind of do that um, when when they turn around big ties in, in Champions League as well. Yep. So, yeah, 39th minute, Jim Motte got his goal and you thought, oh, at that stage, I thought Bayern were wrong. Yeah, and look, credit to PSG for sort of holding firm there. And then I think towards the end, you sort of got this feeling that, yep, they're going through. But they do they do look very slick when they counterattack, don't they? Like with Neymar is just – he is unbelievable. Uh, like he, he seems to be not scoring as many goals for me this year, but he seems to be involved in everything. Like he seems to get like a lot of assists or, as you say, the second last pass or – yeah. Or the pass to sort of break the lines to then you know get the um, get the boys on the front foot. So yeah, yeah I think he's had a really good season, but um, unfortunately that stuff just doesn't grab like the top top headlines in terms of Ballon d'Or and stuff like that. Um, you know, the pass before the pass doesn't really get as much um, praise as it should. But yeah, he was really running things for PSG. Plays right through the middle too. So yeah, like most sort of. Anything good sort of comes comes from him as well. Yeah, and there was a nice moment in the first half where he just dragged back to get away from Coman and then smacked it into the bar as well. Um, what did he hit the bar and in, and the post all inside 10 minutes or something? Yeah. Um, but, look, I think I'm happy enough PSG have gone through. Obviously, it's a fairy tale. Um, who would have thought that those billions of dollars and horrendous human rights record could get you that far? But, um, sorry, that's... That's almost libelous. But, yeah, look, credit to them. Um, knocking out Bayern Munich is no mean feat. So who do they play in the next round? Uh, the Bayern Munich play. Bayern Munich are out. Who do PSG no, play? 
PSG play uh, Man City. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, no, you're right. That, that's um, that's an f- absolute fairy tale. Um, so <laughs> let's move on to the next one. So we'll go on to Dortmund versus Man City, and then we'll look at Chelsea, Porto, and Liverpool Real Madrid. So Dortmund, Man City, all the talks been about Phil Foden, hasn't it? And Phil Foden knows it. Did you see his little um, tweet or little Instagram to Mbappe after? Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like it. No. Nah. I don't like how he's leaning into it. I think I'd rather him just sort of move on and, and you know, focus on his football. Yeah. You know, shut up and dribble type mentality. But, uh, like, he did well. Um, a great goal. Could keeper have done better there? Front stick yes. from the corner, long way out. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every time, yeah. You should have saved it. Absolutely should have saved it. I think he gets, yeah. he gets a bloody good hand to it as well. Um, disappointing. Yeah. But it was good news, good news story for England. If you're an England fan as well, Jude Bellingham became the was his second youngest scorer in Champions League history for a semi final. And he's done really well. He scored in both legs, didn't he? Yeah, and you made well, fun of no, Birmingham. You made fun of Birmingham when they retired his jersey. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. I can't remember that. Must have made a very early pod. Um <laughs> no, I, I thought he was really good. Um like does he start for you at the Euros? I mean, if you look at his form, I mean, he's in in the best form in terms of uh, midfielders. Maybe Mount might have a shout um, against him, but what do you think? No, I, I don't – Oh well, I don't think he starts based on like, you know, Jordan Henderson being in there to keep things ticking over. Um, but with his injuries, like it would be pretty hard to leave him out. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, in, he's going to a Champions League. Team. I mean, Dortmund's league form hasn't been as assertive as Champions League. Which may work against him because obviously you've got some pretty stiff competition, but um, no, he's, he was very impressive then. I would say it was Phil Foden. Yeah, I think if they, if England play with a, a one and a two, like um, two tens, I think he might get a shout. But if they play with two sixes and, and sort of one ten, um, I think he might miss out to to mount. But a great finish by um, Bellingham. But then let's move on to um, the penalty given against Emre Chan. What, what do you think? Penalty? I, I didn't think it was. I did. Yeah. I thought it was really harsh. So do I. I mean, he he did head it onto his own arm from like what's that? How far your head from your arm? You know, oh, for me, fifteen centimeters. You got no neck, so yeah, um, <laughs> not that far away. But yeah, oh, I just thought it was a bit harsh, and it didn't really change the trajectory of the ball or anything like that. Like where he headed it was where it was going anyway. So yeah, I I couldn't get my head. I I felt like he got a fair bit of hate on the internet too um, for that saying. What's he thinking? But there, like, there's nothing he do. He did what he should do. He got in the way of the ball, nods it on. It's it's more just unlucky. Like he can't detach his arm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a bit unlucky. What I was surprised about was the penalty taker, Mares. So Mares had a really bad penalty record. He's missed a bunch of penalties for Leicester. Um, and I think he's missed a couple for Manchester City as well. So I was surprised that he took it. Um, again, I mean, Kiefer got a hand to it, but yeah, not much you can do. It was hit pretty hard um, yeah. and sort of blasted through. But then, yeah, then we go short corner, Phil Foden, front Rush post. Down. Yeah. So I think the other interesting City thing um, for this game was City went without the striker again. They've gone with Foden, De Bruyne, and Mares. Like it's, and I suppose the the only thing is because it's such a massive contrast to the other end where you've got Haaland being the genuine number nine. Um, so it was an interesting mm-hmm. contrast to styles there, where Pep just doesn't seem to put much. Like he'd rather just have a team full of midfielders than actually have a striker out there. Yeah, well, if you're like um, Mino Riola or if you're um, Alfie Ingerhalen, do you sort of look at that and go, oh, is that the best move? 
uh, for Highland. Well, it depends to on, go to a team yeah. who genuinely doesn't want to play a striker. Well, if, his wages, suppose... if his wages are what he's asking they are, then yes, that's the best move and potentially the only plausible move that he could make. Because um, they, what is it, thirty-five million a year they want for him? Because Mino's yeah, Mino just... got to get paid. Like Mino has got to get paid. Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems know, like obviously money will drive the outcome of the decision to sort of ninety percent. But I think. Yeah, just for that 10% where you actually consider your football, um, is it the best move for him going to a team who doesn't play a striker that often? Yeah, and I suppose I suppose at that level of quality, but you'd, you'd imagine that they have to, they'll find a way to make it work. To put him in, yeah. yeah. And maybe they wouldn't play with a striker if they had someone like him. Yeah, because yeah, he just doesn't seem to like Aguero or Jesus right now, which is interesting. Um, but look, City go through, so um, they will play PSG in what is you know, the richest clash in football. Um, but look, let's move on to the the action. No, I, will, I want to get your I want to get your first feels and your first tip on oh. um, an early early prediction. So you got um, PSG have the first tie at home, um, and they are paying three dollars, and Man City two dollars fifteen going into that. So how do you feel early on? I won't hold you to this prediction till we get closer. But yeah, yeah good. So it's going to be my early feels. So hmm. just. Trying to think back now, and this is testing me, when PSG lost to Manchester United, they lost at home. So they don't have a good record against Manchester clubs in Paris this year, um, which will obviously factor into my thing. I think Manchester City are just a little bit better, but I would love to see like the Neymar show, to be honest. I just think there's no one, like for these big games, there's no one better to watch when they're on song than Neymar. So potentially he could turn this tiny head, but I, I think City should just have too much quality. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I probably agree. I like I'm not that excited to see PSG back at, at another final. So I think I'd probably rather Manchester City. I think like they they play some um, some great football. Um, I don't like the like if Poch makes it to the final and actually wins something. I'd hate to see the comparisons with. Um, with uh, Mourinho and, and, and Spurs as well. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't, just wouldn't like to, to see that. People then dragging it all up to say that, oh, it's Spurs is the problem um, rather than Poch. When really, like, they played this game with, like, hardly any possession. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. So, Chelsea nil, Porto won. Um, good result for Porto. Great result for my boy Pepe. But um, Chelsea go through regardless. What about the goal? Um, let me – so, we're talking – yeah, look, all things considered, um, I'm just trying to think back now. I can't think of a goal. <laughs> um, cross, come, cross come in. Um, it's sort of far too high. We're really late in the game. Um, bicycle, bit of a shimmer. That, the, yeah. That's the um, the shout that's been uh, touted around. He's a bit of a shinner and channeling a bit of Wayne Rooney's bicycle against um, Manchester City all those years ago. Great. Um, into the top corner. Um, Mendy loses his clean sheet and absolutely loses his head about it too. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I do know, I do remember, and it always it's always good to see a bike. Like I don't think I've ever not enjoyed seeing a bike. But um, over the previous ninety minutes, pretty turgid affair. I thought Chelsea did what he expected them to do and sort of just sat back and defended quite well. And Porto just probably didn't have the quality to break him down. Um, interesting to see Kai Havertz start up top by himself. He seems to be playing his way into a bit of like a a lot of Thomas Tuchel's thinking. I'm not sure if he's quite playing himself in a form yet. But I think this one was pretty straightforward um, as far as all the ties go. 
Yeah, like they played three at the back, which is really more of five at the back at this point. Um, good to see Giroud come on late doors for Havertz, and it looks like yeah, Werner's finally out of favour after scoring no goals forever. So there you go. Um, I, I think we'll touch on this later, but I'm really interested in what Chelsea produced this weekend, actually. Uh, but we'll come back to that. So, look, let's go. Liverpool nil, Real Madrid nil. Could Liverpool have done more to stay in this one? Oh, man, they had the chances. They did. They honestly had all the chances. That early one where I think it was a long ball over to Mane and he sort of chopped it back to Salah and Salah busted it um, straight at the keeper. Like, I think that goes in. It really does turn into one of those nights at Liverpool, I think. Yeah, and then I think they had a chance. Mo Salah had a chance after about a minute, I feel like, or two minutes maybe. That's the one I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, and like it just – I at that point you're like, well, hang on, they they can really do this. Because I thought that might be the case. I thought Liverpool was just going to come out and absolutely throw everything at them. And they, they, they basically did to their credit. Um, but Real just – they do have history in this competition. I just don't think they feel the nerves that other teams feel at this stage. Because they've been there a bunch of times. Yeah, they've yeah. been there a shitload of times. They know how to get through this. It used to be, you know, Ronaldo would pop up and save him. But now it's, you know, it's, it's probably more of a, a like a team effort. Like, you know, Venetia stepped up when they did it last time. Benzema steps up all the time. Um, I thought Casemiro was excellent in the game, just breaking shit up. Um, but, yeah, Liverpool definitely had chances. Um, I was interested, do you think Mo Salah's been a bit hard done by? Like, I know he's been given absolute like torrent of abuse online for these missed chances. But I, I thought he was good. He just didn't have that goal. Yeah, but essentially isn't that what he's there for In when it really boils down to it? Like he had heaps of chances and I think he's suffering from the precedent that he set where he normally finishes all those and then to, yeah, miss some of those chances which were genuinely good chances yeah. um, that eventually Liverpool missed out because he didn't take them. Like, I think that's just part of the game. I mean, he gets all the praise when he scores them and then so why not get a bit of flack when when he misses them? But um, Liverpool really did throw everything at Madrid. You could tell that by um, the Kavak um, substitution for Jota. Yeah. So <laughs> taking off a centre-back and putting on a striker at the 60th minute, you know, at that point you're really chasing the game. So, um, I, 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 yeah. I don't... Klopp's, a, Klopp's a, like, he's a bit of a uh, – he's a hard character to like if you're not a Liverpool fan at times, but – like the kahunas on the man sometimes is quite impressive. Like to yeah. go against Real Madrid and hook your centre back to bring on another striker. Champions League semi. Like you have to, you have to respect that. You do. So like that's it for Liverpool essentially, isn't it? So they're out of the Champions League. Um, the domestic cups, um, Carabao and FA are done. So really, all they've got to chase now is um, fourth, which I, I don't think is a good thing for sort of Leicester, West Ham, and Chelsea. Really, that now that they can 100% focus just on that competition. Yeah, I think we'll come back to that um, in a little bit. But, yeah, I think you're right. And it's it's a bit disappointing, but um, it's just is what it is at this point. So what I, what I also found very interesting is um, if you just sold Mane or Salah last summer, I reckon you would have picked, like, potentially pre-COVID, I reckon you would have picked up, like, 120, 130, maybe 150 for either of them. Yeah. I think if you sold them now, you'd get a third of that. Yeah, well, I think Salah's price has gone down more than um, Sane. Um, Sane. Mane. Sane. Mane. Mane. Well, you were saying Sane, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Mane. Yeah, no, Sane left last time. Um, yeah, no, think? I, I think so, yeah. But I, I think I think Salah, Salah, Salah's an interesting player. I think Mane could do it anywhere because his game wouldn't change. But Salah's kind of like – he's almost the star of the show in a sense here. Um, and I think he gets some – 
get some um, special like attention from Klopp where he doesn't have to do as much defending, doesn't have to do as much pressing. So he gets to do more of the attacking. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you score all those goals, though. Score a shitload of goals, yeah. yeah. Um, um, all right, so let, let me get your first um, impressions of first field. So we've got Real Madrid at home against Chelsea in the first leg. Real Madrid, $2.20. Chelsea, $3.20. Real Madrid favourites to go through here. Um, and so if the bookies are right, we've got a Real Madrid and Man City final. But, yeah, Real Madrid, Chelsea, what are you thinking? I think Chelsea. Really? Yep. Jeez. I, I honestly, I've been so impressed with Tuchel since he came across and what he's done with that team. Like, I think they're they're on they're on a way up. Real Madrid are very good, but um, like, yeah, I just worry about later in the season the legs of like the Cruz, Casemiro, Modric midfield against this very energetic Chelsea team. So I think Chelsea. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. No, I've got Real Madrid. I think that um, their form. Recently um, has been rather good. Obviously beat Barca. Recently went to the top of La Liga. Got through against um, Liverpool. And as you said, off the top, they got a couple of players out. So you bring those players in, they're just getting stronger as the as the year gets towards um, being closed out. So interestingly that uh, I choose Real Madrid, you've got Chelsea. I choose Man City and you have PSG. So. Yeah, we'll I'm see. brave we'll like see. that. All right, let's go to the biggest cup competition in Europe, so the Europa League. So Arsenal oh. 4, Slavia Prague nil. Not too much to say on this. This game was basically decided in like 14 minutes. Yeah, well, do we have to cover the little knee or the arm around the shoulders thing or not really? What's what's this? Talk me through this. Oh, so... Um, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, go on. Arsenal wanted to take a knee, but um, Slavia Prague didn't want to do that they said we will stand in unity and so they went with the arms around each other around the semicircle whereas Arsenal went the traditional knee which is what is happening in the Premier League um, and Arsenal obviously to fight racism and bring awareness to that Slavia Prague one of the players is running a 10 match ban um, at the moment for racial abuse um, but he he proclaims that he's innocent so that was more of a stand, unity. So there was uh, just some like heavy images coming so out. Me, of the game tell me something, right? So with the Lacazette image, so this is I think this potentially could be one of the greatest images in history if it is what it if it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way that it's the way that it looks. Um, mm. You know, it's up there with I think it's is it Jesse Owens in the Olympics? Like, it, do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's that potentially that historic. Was that because he was trying to make a statement? Or was that because that was where he was located on the pitch to take the kickoff? No, that's where he's located to take the kickoff. I think yeah. if you zoom out, the centre backs are standing in the, the centre. Goalkeepers in the goals. Right I, I feel yeah. like the internet has grabbed this image and made it out to be like a significant, or much more significant than I think it really is. Yeah, and what the other players aren't out there, and Lacazette's doing it on his own or something like that. Yeah, not the case. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the internet got a hold of this one, but it was it's an it is a like it's a powerful image, but I'm, I think it's taken a little bit too far with the narrative around what it's supposed to be. No, um, agreed. But let's crack into the football. So, um, Arsenal absolutely dominated, and it was real um, demolition, wasn't it? Yeah, and look, it was good to see um, Smith Rowe in the game as well because I thought he was absolutely electric. Um, he, I thought he was the best player in the pitch by a mile and he, he put in a performance that like, I felt like it was like, stop putting me on the bench. Um, and he came out there with really something to prove. And then Pepe and Saka were just 
absolutely electric. And Slavia Prague, they've had a couple of good results against English sides, but the Arsenal front four were just like, no, this stops here. <laughs> I thought they were all outstanding. Yeah, Arsenal made some changes in this game too. Like um, um, Xhaka played it, played it left back. Um, you had holding at centre back, so a few changes. Yeah, but it just worked. I thought that was that was the best performance I think I've seen, or at least the best fourteen minutes I've seen from Arsenal, um, or best six or seven minutes maybe in like yeah. a year. They were just unstoppable for that period. Just blitzed them in yeah. that time, but yeah, no, a good win by Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so they clearly go through against Brock. All right, Villarreal 2, Dinamo Zagreb 1. Not too much to talk about in this one. Um, VRL expected to go through, did the job. Um, only thing I'd like to talk about in this game was there was one goal. Um, Raul Albiol, the centre-back from VRL. Have you seen this? He, I reckon, I haven't seen it. He carries the ball probably 50 yards into the 18-yard box to whip it across. Like, Sorry, no, he goes forward and then gets on the end of it and then plays a cross in. It's great stuff to see a centre-back just meandering up there. And he wasn't going any great pace either, but like everyone was like, oh, should I go to him? Should you go to him? And he just he basically got all the way to the box. And then set was up it one of those ones where he drifted him with no one challenging him or was he like running into like 50-50 tackles and winning them? <laughs> drifted in unchallenged and just sort of like just dawdled past and then just slipped it across. Um, I think VRL are a good side and I think that's going to be a tricky fixture for the next round. All right. Let's get on to the whole reason why the Europa is even in the running order. <laughs> Manchester United 2, Granada nil. So the European giants, Granada, are out. Aggregate 4 nil. Comprehensive display for Manchester United. Um, what do you make of this one? And like, uh, Is this the best we're seeing of Edison Cavani? Is this the best he's ever played in his entire life? Well, his finishing seems to be better, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, he just tucked that. It was, a bit of a, it was actually a bit of a shin, that volley. But it looked really good. But like one of the criticisms of him at PSG was his finishing wasn't that wasn't that sharp. Like yeah, they obviously create heaps of chances um, being PSG, and he wouldn't finish a lot of them. So uh, yeah, I think his finishing's really improved here. But it, it, like, the thing is, he gets into spots where he like kind of almost makes his own chances off balls that other people wouldn't make chances. Because he just he's so energetic and he just gets on the end of stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, but it was actually a pretty straightforward game for Manchester United. Once he scored, it was pretty dull after that, to be honest. Um, the possession was heavily in favour of Manchester United. They didn't have a great deal of shots either. And they sort of eased through, which was nice. And then a hilarious own goal to finish the game. Um, and some minutes from uh, Donny van der Beek. He played 45 and Twin Zabi played as well at centre-back. Yeah, so good to get. And also Tellers at left back. He looked quite dangerous, but um, I think it would be pretty hard to get in Luke Shaw's spot right now. So Manchester United go through pretty comfortably. Um, the other one was probably the pick of the bunch. Roma won, Ajax won. Roma go through. Good to see Eden Dzeko on the score sheet, wouldn't it? A bit of a throwback um, to see uh, Dzeko there. But I like... I mean, he's a bit of a journey, man. He's been around a long time now. He's scoring goals at um, at this level for a long time. Yeah, he started at Wolfsburg, or probably started somewhere in Serbia, but it was um, Wolfsburg, Man City, off to Roma. I think he's, he went potentially linked with Inter. But um, I think the important thing here is that they got through. They had a couple of scary moments. But they take on Manchester United in the next round and Real Arsenal. Who are we tipping? Um, so I'm probably you probably got to go Manchester United. You probably got to go Arsenal, really, based on that form. Okay, I'm going to go for a Manchester United Real final. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be big. Um, so those fixtures are on the 30th of April, so get yourself excited for those. And then the final will be the 7th of May. All right, let's get into the EPL. So the undertone to this one here, so Everton have drawn with Tottenham. Um, guess who scored for Tottenham? Yeah, oh, shock. Harry. <laughs> Harry Valdemar again. So the Manchester United front man for 2022 um, popped a double home for Spurs. Get him out of trouble again. So Spurs are 7th. Didn't really help him. Everton are 8th. It would have been good for Everton to win this game in hand just to jump above him, wouldn't it? Everton win a game when they get close to sort of closing that gap and taking a step forward, they seem to drop points and, and set themselves back. Like it feels like they've been doing that all year. Like as soon as they get close to the top four, they just go on a, on a losing streak. If, I, if there was one unusual. club where I was like, I wouldn't want to be a fan of this club this year, it'd be Everton because they keep like, the worst thing is they give you hope. That's it. They they win a few games and get you hope and think, oh my god, we can make the um, top four at the start of the year, and then yeah, go on that huge losing streak, and then they're like, oh. Wow, we might be able to make it in the Europa. No, got points again. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it you'd rather just get battered every week and then survive for survival at Newcastle, a real team. <laughs> so let's, let's move on to that one. Though. Two all there. Um, so first game off the chopping block for our Saturday is Newcastle versus West Ham. Who do you like in this one? And can Moisey's boys like really put the foot on the accelerator? You think a Jalen's hat trick? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't put it past him at the rate he's going. Um, and if you just can't tip Newcastle um, in this game, like West Ham, everything points to West Ham uh, victory. So you got to go with West Ham. you got to go with Jay Lins. I think Declan Rice is still out injured, um, and your boy um, is out injured as well, I believe. Valencia? No. Which one's my boy? Oh, Antonio. Antonio, mate, Antonio. come on. Is he still injured? He's always, he's, he's, always, injured. he's always struggling with a niggling hamstring. That's why I get so excited when he starts because you just don't know till kickoff. Um, if you went back to an earlier pod, you would hear me say he is too big. He will get injuries all the time. So, yeah, I think he needs to drop some size and he won't have so many injuries. But, yeah, Declan Rice with the knee and Antonio with the hamstring. Oh, no. So, look, the big question for Newcastle is I think um, can Callum Wilson and Alan St. Maximin both start – both play 90, and honestly, that's the only way in this game that I give them any hope. Well, I think Maximin uh, definitely starts. I'm not sure if Wilson does. I think he might come off the bench. But, yeah, I, as you said, when they made those changes last week um, and Newcastle picked up those goals, both those goals to come back from 1-0 down to win 2-1, um, yeah, obviously, both those players were um, instrumental in that, and that really gives them hope to, to stay up. So, yeah, I think if you're Newcastle fans, a point in this fixture would be great, but West Ham, I just think they'll roll on and keep winning. All right, so you've got the Hammers here. So if the Hammers win, they go up to third above Leicester City because they play in the FA Cup. Newcastle win here, and I think they're all but safe. Um, currently six points above Fulham with a game in hand. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think West Ham have just been very good the last couple of weeks, and they'll just keep the uh, good times coming. So next fixture off the list here is Wolves versus Sheffield United. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I know it's going to come as a shock to you, but Sheffield United are probably relegated. Um, and Wolves, they're sitting in 12th, but they're six points behind Villa and they're really just puttering through to the end of the season, aren't they? Yeah. So Sheffield United are 18 points away from safety with 21 available points. So... <laughs> It's yeah. a hell of a run, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying they're a chance? 
I'm saying they're a chance. No, obviously they're clearly down. Um, and you're probably leading to Wolves in this fixture, I would think. Yeah, so Wolves, Wolves are, yeah, they're just fairly underwhelming this season. I had them tipped to sort of go on to the next level, but they just haven't done it. I, I put a lot of that down to the injury to Raul Jimenez, but they're just not reaching the gears that they um, that I thought they had in them. So I think they're going to win this game, but I wouldn't get too excited about it. No Neto in this fixture either. Ah, oh, shit, he's an entertainer. That sucks. Um, all right, so let's move on to Arsenal versus Fulham. So this is a really important game for Fulham, and an Arsenal win here could get them within touching distance of Everton too. Who do you like in this one? Um, despite Arsenal missing their skipper with malaria, which he picked <laughs> up in, um, in international duty in Gabon, um, which is a bit weird. When he said, um, I contracted a virus in Gabon and now I'm out, everyone's thinking corona, but no, malaria. So, Aubameyang's in hospital. Um, but Lacazette has been um, scoring most of the goals for Arsenal this year. Anyway, I think Arsenal at home, I think that'll be too good for Fulham. And I think Fulham's losing streak will head out to five in a row in the Premier League. Really? There you go. So you're back in the voice. So Arsenal, very, very impressive for as a short period on Friday morning. This is like, it seems to be an incredibly short turnaround for games for them. Um, so they had to go across to Slavia Prague and now they've got to come back and play Fulham on the Sunday, but they should be too good for Fulham. But I actually think Fulham are going to win this game because I think Fulham really have something to fight for here. And I, I think Arsenal's got a bit of a soft underbelly. Okay, I might just read out their um, last five fixtures then for you. Arsenal 3-0, Arsenal 4-1, Arsenal 5-1, Arsenal 2-0, Arsenal 3-1. So, yeah, no, good luck with Fulham. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna ride them off early. I think Arsenal's going to come out a bit cocky and Fulham's going to get the job done. I think, Mitra, I think they're going to chuck Mitra up there and just going to make shit happen. <laughs> uh, I think he's um, going to float around. Not much is going to happen. Arsenal, easy. Rob Holding, blood nose, <laughs> Sabios, broken leg. Mitro's going to make it happen for Fulham on Sunday night. You heard it here first. All right, so you've got Arsenal. I've got Fulham. Good. We're split. Next one, probably the fixture of the weekend, Manchester United versus Burnley. Who do you like in this one? I mean, you'll beat Burnley comfortably here. Yeah. Um, interesting to see what um, United are going to do up front. I think was it Martial's got a knee and um, Rashford – um, he's got a foot injury or something like that. So, interesting yeah, so I think to see the only ones that are confirmed, I think, is Anthony Martial is out and Phil Jones will not be featuring. Um, there's also doubts over Eric Bailly. But outside of that, I think... What about Rashford's foot? I, I thought yeah. he was injured. Well, he's, come, he's coming up here and he's all right. So he should start. Hopefully. Okay. I'll, I'll be surprised if he starts this game, actually, Rashford. Yeah, he probably needs a rest. But Manchester United don't have – if Bruno Fernandes doesn't play, they tend to have some problems. So I think they'll be pretty much close to full strength here. Um, but, yeah, you'd hope – and I really hope this weekend, this is the weekend where Manchester United like start the game the way they tend to play the second halves and just like win the game as they should instead of creating these heart palpitations of going behind and then making the finish really exciting. Yeah, I, I just think James Tarkovsky and, and Ben Mee don't fill me with confidence at centre-back. I think last week they had a really tough um, tough game um, and, yeah, just made a lot of mistakes. But, I mean, their only real hope, Burnley, is if Chris Wood can sort of crash and bash that um, 
centre half pairing of Manchester United and see if they can get something out of it. But apart from that, I'll just see going Manchester United's way. Yeah, so we're both on Manchester United here. So the next fixture is, I think it's a pretty good one. So Tuesday morning at 5am, Leeds United versus Liverpool. Who do you like in this one? And is this going to be the most entertaining game over the weekend? Outside of Newcastle, yeah. West Ham, obviously. <laughs> no, this is definitely the... No, I think this is the match of the round for sure. Um, if you're going to watch a game, um, I think this has definitely got to be it. Oh, man, in terms of who I like, I, I th- you probably got to lean towards Liverpool, I think, now that they can sort of fully focus on on the Premier League. As I said, they're out of all the cup competitions. Um, Leeds did well last week against um, Man City. Obviously, they've got – who's going to miss it with a red card then? Dallas, is it? Yeah, Dallas. Uh, no, yeah. Mike, oh, Mike Cooper. Yeah, Mike Cooper. I think got sent off. Yeah, Dallas got the goals actually. Yeah, so that, like that'll hurt them. Um, I'd probably just go Liverpool. Just what do you think? That's Liam Cooper. Sorry. Um, yeah, look, I think I think Liverpool's going to open the shackles here because Leeds are going to let them. So Liverpool obviously very disappointed getting knocked out of the Champions League this week. I think they're going to come out and absolutely batter them. Really? Yep. So they're, they're away from home um, and their away form has been much much better than their home form. So I think that probably plays um, to Liverpool's favour. Mo Salah is one goal away from becoming the first Liverpool player to reach 20 goals in three different Premier League seasons. Really? One more goal. Uh, for someone who grew up in the 90s, um, that's outstanding because obviously you had Michael Owen, who was a genuine goal scorer, and Robbie Fowler in that period, and they didn't do that. Interesting, isn't it? Bloody hell. What a player. And you don't rate him. All right. Oh, you want to sell him last year. <laughs> well, if you had cashed in, they would have got the money for him, um, but they just chose not to. So, look, um, both going for Liverpool in that one. So, let's move on. Last picture of the week. So, it's a Wednesday morning fixture at 5 a.m. Chelsea versus Brighton. Who do you like in this one? Oh, I really want um, Brighton to get some damage um, into Chelsea here and, and take some points off them. But I just can't see it happening. I mean, Chelsea are in such, such good form. The only thing is for Chelsea, potentially, if they've got um, an eye on the Champions League and they've obviously um, got the FA Cup semi-final as well against Man City. So this this might be a good chance if they're looking at Brighton to say, oh, can we rotate our team, um, rest some players and sort of focus on those um, bigger fixtures. So that's probably the best play for um, Brighton victory or picking up points here. But either way, even if Chelsea weaken the team, I can't see them dropping, dropping Chelsea, points here. Chelsea have a really deep squad, don't they? Yeah, they got well. They got twenty two, really, don't they? And, yeah. and that twenty two can do some damage, um, no matter what the configuration of each of those are. Yeah, it's it's quite scary. But yeah, I think Chelsea are going to win this one um, pretty comfortably. I think Werner might start too. I think they'll they'll get rid of um, oh, Habits for, for this one and, and bring uh, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> Werner. <laughs> that might change my mind. Yeah, <laughs> so Chelsea um, to have fifty chances and get him escape with a one nil victory. <laughs> one nil through Giroud, Um All right, so <laughs> they're both going Chelsea in that one. So I think that means the makeup of the top four might shift slightly. So we'll go West Ham above Leicester, Chelsea above Leicester, and then Liverpool should slot in behind Leicester. Really puts the pressure on the Foxes, doesn't it? It does. It does. But I mean, we've got bigger fish to fry in the FA Cup, baby. So. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so that's a nice little segue. So let's get into the FA Cup. So we're going straight back into Chelsea's 22-man squad versus the riches of City. This is a, this is a cracking fixture, and I think this is a preview for the Champions League final, personally. Um, who do you like in this one? And what I really want to see is Thomas Tuchel spoil Pep's smug little party that he seems to be running this year. Oh, I would absolutely love it if um, Tommy Tuchel could... Um yeah, get over Pep here and, and win um, to get him into a semi-final. But I think, like, if you look at this semi-final, it's obviously a little bit lopsided. You've got Chelsea and Man City on one side and uh, Lonely Leicester and uh, Southampton who get seem to get battered all, all the time at the moment on, on the other side. So, yeah, I think whoever wins this game probably um, sees themselves going on to, to win the whole thing if they can get past, yeah, um, this semi-final. But... Yeah, I think I just can't say I can go past Man City at the moment. I think everything they do um, is just like robotic, um, straightforward. I think the thing that holds up for them the most is their system. So you can take players out and drop players in and the whole system still seems to to crack on and and, and move forward as is. So I just don't see how you can go past um, Manchester City. What are you thinking? And you're seeing the loss against Leeds as a bit of an aberration. Like We don't read too much into that. It's not fatigue kicking in. I don't think so. I mean, you look at their run of results and the amount of games they've won in a row, um, not just drawn one. I just think, yeah, it's a one-off. What are you thinking we should be reading into that a little bit deeper? Um, look, I'm probably grasping onto hope a little bit here um, just because I just I don't want to see City win everything. I think it's boring. I think they're boring. I think Pep's boring. Um like, and I, you know, you do like to see the FA Cup is always a competition that's attached with a bit of romance and a bit of a fairy tale. And, like, seeing City win their 50th FA Cup in a row um, or whatever it might actually be just doesn't entertain me. Like, I'd like to see something happen here. Yeah. And I do think that Chelsea have the tools to do that. Like, I think if you think about how they're going to line up, like having Kante in the middle there, like that could be a really good way to break things up and he can start counters fast and he can also get forward quickly. So I think they really have the tools that can hurt Manchester City. But like City have balanced that out now by playing the two defensive midfielders and no strikers. But I do yeah, think be... there is a capacity there to actually hurt City on the counter. Well, I think that that's that's the first thing that people look to, isn't it? Where um, So Man City will play four at the back, but Chelsea will play three at the back. So the first thing you think of is, oh, um, sorry, Chelsea are going to have a um, an overload in the midfield and they'll probably get control of that. And obviously with Kante being 1.5 of a player, um, they'll probably have control of the midfield. But then to counter that, uh, Man City don't really play with a striker or play with a false nine who sort of drops back in that midfield. So, therefore, the numbers sort of even up again. And even the left back and the right back um, come in and tuck in um, and play through the through the middle. You see Walker come in or Zinchenko or Mendy, whoever's on that left side, um, come in and play through the middle to even up those numbers through the middle and probably overload the middle. So, I think, yeah, whoever wins that middle battle, um, either with Chelsea um, having the extra man in there on paper or Man City bringing their players into those um, areas, I think that's where the game will be won and lost. But, I, I, again, I just can't go past um, Man City. Um, juicy odds for Chelsea, though, if you like Chelsea. Um, $4.50 for Chelsea, eighty for Man City. Um, so it sounds like we're both thinking Man City but hoping Chelsea. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I, I, the other interesting facet is, because like, like, I think that City are going to dominate the ball. 
Um, I think Chelsea are going to sit fairly deep and for all those reasons, like having Kante and Jorginho in front of the defence. So I'm really interested to see the wingers that Tuchel goes with because obviously Man City have got Walker and Cancelo, which like the pace of those two is exceptional, which helps to mitigate that counter-attacking threat that you know we're thinking about. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes with Pulisic, and I think he'll go with Mount. Mount being the more footballing side, Pulisic being the more athletic side, mm. and just seeing how that plays out. Yeah, well, then I think he'll go with Adoy and um, on the right and Chilwell on the left then, um, given the pace that is required. Yeah, and just try and exploit them. But, like, it is really, like, I know it's the pointy end of this, but what a fixture. Like, just so much going on there. Two genuine, like, footballing brains going head-to-head. And I think Tuchel is just the ultimate pragmatist in this world. Um, so I'm really interested to see what he comes up with to try and pip pep. Pep, any chance of uh, overthinking this one and doing something dark? Yes. Yeah, I think he is. Because yeah. I feel like really he's... He did in the Champions League, so maybe this, he's thinking I'll do it in the FA Cup this year. But, yeah, I know, and I think I think Dortmund was like, they're an okay team that has some moments. Like, they're, they're not in the upper echelon of European teams, I don't think. Like, you look at their league form, they're pretty scratchy. Well, not technically and tactically. Yeah. Whereas I think Chelsea are, so then Pep's like, I'll... Big brain time it yeah. and, uh, and do something. Like different. if Tuchel does this, I'm going to do this. And if he does this, I'll do this. And then he'll end up mm. starting like some. The other thing that I think also plays in the Chelsea's favour is that Edison is out. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. So hopefully that factors in. I'd love to see um, I'd love to see Chelsea go through on a John Stones howl like, just because I think everyone's forgotten about that. And I just want to put that inkling of doubt into his mind just before the Euros. Um. All right, so next one here. So this one's close to your heart. So Leicester City versus Southampton. Who do you like in this one? And it should be pretty straightforward for the Foxes, shouldn't it? Oh, should it? Yeah, no. you think so. No, I genuinely think that they will get past um, Southampton here. I mean, you look at Southampton last week, they got battered 3-0 against West Brom. So their form could not be any worse. And really, it should have been 4 um, apart from a, a dodgy um, offside call. So, I mean, if you're coming off a, a 4-0 loss to West Brom, going into an FA Cup um, semi-final against Leicester, oh, man, surely, surely the Foxes can do it, surely. What do you do if you're Brendy? Do you bring in, um, do you bring Madison back in for this fixture? Um, he's coming off that um, imposed ban from um, from Leicester themselves, who imposed the ban on um, I think it was Madison, Perez, and Chowdhury all got bans um, for attending a party at uh, as a, at Jose Perez's house. So hopefully Madison starts. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, if he will or not. So, yeah, Leicester to go through for me, and it sounds like Leicester to go through for you. So, with that, we might wind up the show. So, we've got, if you want to get in contact with us, it is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Facebook is footballplayedonpaper. Instagram is at footballplayedonpaper. And on Twitter at 
football on pods. Thanks and enjoy the football. Come on, you foxes. Mm-hmm.